0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg Detmeier. Sitting next to me, as usual, is Jenny Hiller. And she's she's back. I'm back. Sitting back in the seat. And I'm glad you're back for this episode, Jenny, because it is a special milestone in ICC podcast history. It
1: is. This is number... Number 50.
0: Episode 50. There are 50 episodes out there. What's your favorite? Um...
1: Well, it's the series. Mine would be the series on mindset. Yeah, that's up where I w- in, up until you know this one today, right?
0: Possibly, we'll Possibly. see how we'll see say. how it folds out. Yeah, I was gonna say the mindset series was one of my favorites as well. So.
1: However, our Christmas episodes, the minicasts, <laughs> those could potentially be <laughs> my favorite no, yeah, the Christmas episodes.
0: More people listen to them than we than than you would think those have a i I think people like to laugh
1: I think the uh market went up for uh <laughs> nativity sets this plastic
0: red necked nativity scenes, yeah, yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: well Jenny, you are peppy and excited. you are clearly not burnt out
1: I am not burnt out
0: and that's gonna be our topic for the next two episodes, so we're gonna start this today. And we're going to finish it with our next episode. We have a guest with us as well because, Jenny, we're not experts on burnout.
1: We are not experts on burnout.
0: And our guest would probably say he is not either, but he's done a little research into it.
1: He has a little bit more knowledge behind the the idea of burnout.
0: So Dan Butler is back with us, and he was with us earlier on an episode. They need us now more than ever. Dan is a principal at Epworth Elementary and you may know the name from the Iowa EdChat Twitter chat on Sunday night. So Dan, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I well thank you. I'm honored to be back for episode fifty. This by far is my favorite episode so far. A close <laughs> second though, the Christmas episode. There's no doubt about that.
0: 2016 or 17? <laughs> the
2: episode? Well, I would say 2017 because you guys constantly just get better. Okay, and then
1: okay,
0: that was the one that went into cheese curds, so that did, you, yes. you know it's going to be good. Dan, could you tell us a little bit about how you came about the subject of teacher burnout?
2: So I'm in a uh, a doctoral program at UNI, and I had to do a final project Uh, back in February. I was thinking of something to do and just talking with my professor, and basically it was a wide-open assignment. He said, you can write really about anything you want, but you need to really dig into the scientific research behind it, and uh, what do you think? So as we got brainstorming, we talked about, he's like, well, what do you think about teacher burnout? And I got thinking about the work that we do within our district related to positive psychology and workplace engagement. Well, obviously, the opposite of engagement would be burnout. And it's a term that's thrown around pretty loosely, but there's some pretty strong research behind burnout. And as I dug into it, I really got hooked and put together about a 25-page paper on it. So done a little bit of research, and it's been an intriguing thing to think about how that research has come into play and how I look at our staff members within our building and within the district and thinking, are they burned out and is, is there something that I can do about that?
0: And then you took that 25 pages, because I did not read 25 pages. I read about six, and it'll be an article in the NAESP Principal Magazine.
2: Yeah, it's Principal Magazine um, had reached out about putting together something about kind of a, a workplace engagement type of a theme. And I said, I got something on burnout that I could put together for you. So yeah, that'll come out, I think in September or October of that edition. And looking forward to it, it'll be about 1500 words condensed down from 25 pages. So that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when the email came through with only six pages. Yeah. When you said 25, I'm thinking I missed half that email, but... It's good to know. It's good to know it was only six. Oh, you I didn't, didn't miss anything.
0: You didn't read those last pages, Jenny?
1: No, I didn't.
0: No. You're going to be hurting later.
1: I think you just admitted you didn't read 25 either, so you just...
0: I was just making you feel better. <laughs> so, Dan, as we talk burnout here, you kind of, in the article or in your paper, you talked a lot about that constant pressure that is that are on teachers. What do you see as the big constant pressures now as opposed to maybe what it looked like in the past?
2: Well, I think there's a couple of things, and I think it's probably harder now in this capacity as a teacher in 2018 just with the hyperconnected environment in which we live. So, whether we are connected to email, social media, gr- online grade books, online lesson plans, whatever that happens to be, we've got all of those materials within our grasp at the the click of a mouse, the, you know, the touch of an app on an iPad or whatever that would happen to be. Those applications are with us all the time. And I think it's very difficult for people to power down from work to life. Those lines are very much blurred, I think, more than ever, just with that accessibility in in 2018. And um, that hasn't been the case. You know, in the past, if you were a teacher in the later 90s, you didn't really have that. You could physically leave work and be done with work. Um, where now it's just more connected. And I'm not sure that that's a good thing.
1: I would agree. I mean, when you talk about email, the second you hear that buzz on your phone that you know is an email, or the noise that there's a, a Twitter update or whatever, but you hear that email one, or for me, sometimes it's Voxer. I only do Voxer with people at work. So when that comes through, you immediately think, oh, I should go get that. Or if you're sitting at the supper table and you hear that go off, you're in a conversation with your family but yet in the back of your mind you're thinking who's that email from who did that Vox just come from so how quickly you can be present with your family or outside school events but the second you hear that your mind wanders and then you're worried should i check that right now is it important what is it so just that constant feeling of i need to go check that right now
2: absolutely and i think it's more important than ever to have some type of system or discipline to do that because I would think any email that you get after three thirty, four o'clock or whatever that happens to be, when's the last time you opened your phone or your iPad and you checked that email? I thought, man, I'm really glad I checked that because yeah. I feel a whole lot better. I'm going to say that happens maybe 10% of the times that you check <laughs> your email at home. That would be my assumption because that's kind of been my experience.
0: Yeah, and even bigger picture too i mean correct me if i'm wrong but there in today's world there's so many opportunities to dive into professional learning on your own as well where there has to be a point that shuts off i mean you could be on twitter all day or listening to other podcasts i mean for sure you'd want to get at least one in uh, no I mean, names ICC, but yeah, yeah well I'll, you, I'll
1: say it icc podcast you make
0: sure you want to get that one in but like there's <laughs> thousands of other ones out there it's like we we gotta shut down eventually. We can't have our minds always on a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I think it's that that's a pretty important thing with, you know, smart devices, just having that accessibility, that twenty four seven accessibility. Whether it is work related or professional learning related, we have to have the discipline to figure out when it is time to focus on the moment and be present with our families, um, with our spouses, et cetera, because if you wanted to absolutely it can consume you. And um, that's not to mention some of the other the, the mandates that are being put on educators um, in at this day and age as well
1: another one of the burnouts that you had talked about and you know elaborate just a little bit more on like the time and the, the resources for teachers now
2: well I think about just different federal mandates uh, mandates coming from the state mandates that we put into place locally it seems that we continue to add more things to our curricular areas and we're not taking anything away our plates are full and we just keep piling it on whether that's an early literacy initiative coming from the state whether that's a new curriculum adoption whether that's different technology pieces that we're putting into play but those things just continue to get added and I think as I Wrote and researched this article looking at the work, some of the work of Jamie Vollmer and uh, his book, Schools Can't, Cannot Do It Alone, is the book that he wrote oh, back in 2000 something. Anyway, in a piece of his book, he talked about all of the different things that have been added to the plates of educators by decade, whether that's bullying prevention, PBIS initiatives, peer conflict resolution, trauma informed care, technology driven initiatives giving multimedia presentations, whatever that happens to be, all these different things by decade that have been added on. And literally there's been not one minute added to the instructional day in a hundred years of school. I don't know. So that causes that feeling of there's too much to do and not enough resource to get that done. And then the research of, you know, Christina Maslach and uh, Michael Leiter, which I'm basing a lot of my thoughts and uh, I'm thinking on, um, is that, that that's a real deal. Work overload is a real issue. Too much to do, not enough resource to get it
0: done. And then I would assume the issues compounded when you look at other things that kind of lead to burnout, where if you're if you're given initiatives and you have lack of voice or you don't have any autonomy to make the decisions that you need to make it would just make it even harder
2: yeah microman you know feeling that that feeling of being micromanaged or i'm doing this because the air quote federal government tells us to, or the state, or the Department of Education, or, you know, that horrible principal that works at Upworth Elementary and makes us do all these different things, when people don't have a voice in that, uh, that's going to drive disconnection, and that's going to drive a, an environment of compliance, maybe, at best. And that's not where we want to be.
1: I think another part of it, too, and I think for those teachers who... You know, these are all the things that you have to do. So here's here's everything in your day that you have to try to fit in. That doesn't take into account the needs of the students within your classroom. So on top of everything now that I have on my mind that I need to get done, you know, when you have classrooms that maybe have a little bit more behavior issues or things like that, how that can also throw off because then that sets back what you know you have to get done because you're handling behavior or you're dealing with other things within the classroom that it just keeps getting piled on so the workload the time and all of that and now you have potentially 20 to 25 students in your classroom that all have different needs
2: absolutely and i think like we talked about just a few minutes ago it comes back to all of the things that you have to do and not enough time or resource to get Mm -hmm. that done whether that resource includes time whether that resource includes support whatever that happens to be you've got all of this stuff on the plate, but you're like a hamster on a wheel. You keep moving, but you're not going anywhere. You're a rocking horse. You're moving back and forth, but you're not moving forward. And that that that's going to be a huge contributing factor to getting burned out. You're experiencing those feelings for an extended period of time. You are at a high risk to burn out.
0: You, you talked a little bit too about insufficient re- rewards or in like lack of feedback, which really in a sense goes into what you're doing is being seen and noticed, if that's missing, another leading cause of burnout.
2: Absolutely, you know, insufficient rewards or a lack of recognition, big deal. So obviously when we go to work, we work to get paid to uh, provide for our families and things and you know, we wanna make sure that the job that we're doing, we're getting compensated fairly. So that's step number one. And I mean, Daniel Pink would say that too within his research is, you know what, let's pay people what is a reasonable wage, then then it's not even discussed. It's not even talked about. It's not even a thing. So I do my job. I'm being compensated fairly off the table. Great, because I'm going to be motivated and driven to do my job. But if there's some disconnect on what you're doing, the hours that you're investing, the work that you're putting into it, and you're not being compensated on what you feel is a fair deal, Um, uh, a a fair amount of compensation, that's going to be a problem. And that is going to cause some burnout. Now that's the, the financial side, but getting away from that of just the everyday recognition, Greg, you put all this time into something, you did a project over the past four weeks. And as your principal, as your supervisor, I didn't even recognize that and said, oh, okay, awesome, whatever, but didn't even communicate that to you where then directly or indirectly, I'm sending that message to you of what you do doesn't matter. That Having that feeling consistently or repeatedly, that's going to cause you to think, what the heck am I doing here? Dan doesn't care anyway what I'm doing. Why would I give my best effort? So just taking the time to acknowledge people, I see you. I see what you're doing and I definitely appreciate your work. That's a pretty big deal. So when we're talking about a lack of recognition, I mean that could be you know, financial or rewards and um, awards and different things like that, but it's also those everyday interactions of hey, I see you, Jenny, I see what you're doing and I appreciate your work.
0: And that's where when as I was reading through this, I kind of tried to play devil's advocate with myself a little bit and think like, well, we're getting paid. that's we are supposed to do what we need to do. But at the same time, Every job I've ever worked at, I was more motivated and more bought into the purpose when the leader would come up and acknowledge what I did. So if it was, you know, in the summer mowing greens at the golf course, if the golf course superintendent came up and said, hey, number 13 looked awesome. You nailed the striping on that green. Nice job. I was now bought into the purpose of this golf course. He didn't have to say that, and then I could have gone on thinking, This guy doesn't even care about what I'm doing. Why put forth this extra effort? It's just like when we're working with
2: kids and we're working in a classroom or maybe we're working on an athletic field or whatever. What do we stress with kids to providing them with that specific feedback of saying, so suppose Jenny's my student, Jenny, I really liked how you used uh, a capital letter at the beginning of your sentence and you ended with the proper punctuation. Well, by saying that and giving that specific feedback to Jenny, what are the chances that she's going to do that again? Pretty high, as opposed to Jenny, good job or whatnot. So that specific feedback's important for kids, but also for adults. Greg, I really liked how you striped the lawn or the green on hole number 13. It looks amazing. The likelihood of you doing that again is pretty high, and you know exactly what you did. And you want to repeat that behavior because it feels good.
1: Everybody likes, I- everybody likes that feedback. Everybody needs that feedback of, what you specifically did, yeah, your paycheck's great, but getting that feedback and hearing that means more than more than anything. It's just that that feeling of, okay, somebody noticed. You don't have to be noticed, but in today's world, when you are noticed, it means a lot.
0: That's why I changed the diaper genie bag. <laughs> I did it once without being told. Christy acknowledged me, and now I'm doing it all the time. I walk by real slow, and I hold it up and make, so she, make sure she can see it. It's like, hey! <laughs> so... But yeah, totally makes sense. We've talked a lot about the things that lead to burnout. What's the impact of all this? What what issue arises because of this?
2: So there there's financial um, there there there's financial impacts of, of burnout and um, I would say outcomes of that. And when we're talking about just some of the 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 statistics that I came across, it would be considered to be reaching epidemic proportions in. Uh, in the United States, costing our our economy roughly three hundred billion dollars in sick leave.
0: That was billion with a B. That's a B.
2: Yep, in sick leave, long term disability, excessive job turnover, and that again, that's coming from Christina Maslock and um, Michael Lighter's research. That looking at, listen, this is not just of hey, get over it, you know, get over it and start coming to work and uh, you know, be tougher and uh, deal with it. It's part of the job. That's having a financial impact with people taking days off for being sick, being worn out, being stressed out, uh, and just, you know, being burned out. And with, like I talked about, those sick leave, long-term disabilities and the job turnover, people leaving, and even new teachers coming into the field, leaving. 50% of teachers coming in leaving with within the first three to five years. That's scary. And that causes me to think about our we giving our people what they need? Are we setting them up for success with the amount of support that we're we're giving them, whether that's with the support of a building principal, an instructional coach, a mentor, uh, a model teacher, whatever that happens to be, or someone that they can talk to and uh, ask questions and get the help that they need because I don't see that in our district, which I feel pretty good about, that people leaving at that alarming rate within the first three to five years. But nationwide, that's an issue.
0: Scary number. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. So that's kind of the financial. But then, of course... We talk about people like the physical demands and you're experiencing burnout. Some of those things, those physical disturbances you can feel, you know, maybe you're not sleeping as well. Tension within your body, uh, anxiety, issues within your stomach, uh, gastrointestinal disorders, depression, um, development of poor nutrition. And that's something that we don't talk about a lot, but making sure we're fueling our bodies with the appropriate amount of food and good food. Not just diet Mountain Dew all the time, which... The guy speaking maybe has a little bit too much of that.
1: And nobody nobody that's talking right now is drinking one as we speak either. (laughs) No.
2: But thinking about that and those, those physical ailments that people are experiencing from being burned out, you know they're not bringing their best to kids then. If I'm a leader and I'm feeling burned out and I'm physically exhausted, I'm not sleeping, I have poor nutritional habits and I'm just coming in, going through the motions, well then that impacts the teachers that I'm serving, which ultimately is going to impact the kids that they are serving within the classroom. So it's a pretty important thing to be be cognizant of that and just being very focused on your own well-being.
1: I think that's key because I I think so often we just tell ourselves, you know, when we leave at the end of the day and we do feel that stress or that anxiety, you know, you leave at the end of the day and you say, oh, tomorrow's going to be tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's going to be different, but tomorrow isn't better or different because you're still coming back with those with those worries and anxiety and stresses that it just keeps building up that, like you said really being cognizant, writing things down, being more intentional about taking time for yourself. Um, I think that's hard. That's really, really hard for people to do, especially in the fast-paced world that we live in. It's it's hard to take care of yourself.
0: We definitely don't want to be living in a spot where we're just working and focused on the next weekend or the next break or the next day and not living in the present. Dan, as you walk through the building as a building principle, how, how do you notice burnout or what do you what do you look for? How can you tell if someone is starting to show signs of burnout?
2: So what I think is, I broke it down into kind of four things that I would look for that I think are pretty strong indicators if I'm seeing these things, there's a chance this person's feeling some uh, some feelings of burnout. So first is the absentee rates. Are people coming to work? And if those absentee rates are climbing to a high level outside of any, you know, a surgery or something really big within um, the life of someone, but if somebody's missing quite a bit of work that's uncharacteristic, we might want to look into that because it's coming from somewhere. It's coming from somewhere, right? I think another one is just being withdrawn, like withdrawal from gr- withdrawal, withdrawal from uh, group. Sorry, I can't speak, but maybe there's a social gathering person's not participating in that person's not bringing their best during a collaborative conversation they just kind of be seem to take up space and they're during that lunchtime where they normally eat in the staff lounge and engage and talk and you know um have a good time with their colleagues maybe they're choosing to eat in their room door shut or whatever that is but you see that withdrawal um and then maybe just feelings of cynicism like some over-the-top And maybe not over the top, but just feelings of negativity. And you see that someone's very short fused um, outside of normal, Um, maybe noticeably negative. Uh, I think that's something to look for. And then also just a lack of confidence, which is a real thing. I mean, people feeling that they're not effective, or they're not getting their job done. And that could very well come from that lack of feedback or that lack of recognition, not knowing where you stand. And I think that's something that's that's real. And losing that confidence or having that feeling like, man, what I'm doing is not making a difference or I'm feeling very ineffective. I think when you see those things, those four things that I just mentioned there, those would be strong indicators that I would look for um, if someone would be on the tip of experiencing some feelings of burnout.
0: So we are all down in the dumps here because this has been some depressing stuff. about teachers having too much school leaders having too much all these negative outcomes because of that luckily though there are some things we can do about this correct absolutely absolutely but we're going to touch on those next time how about that for a cliffhanger
1: that is a good one nice job drop the mic
0: well dan i want to thank you for coming and sharing your knowledge on this we appreciate it oh my pleasure it was great Anything else from you, Jenny?
1: Nope. You're doing great.
0: You just want me to close out. You missed two days, you're going to make me do all the work. We're
1: going to close missed out two the 50th How do you want to close out? I mean, this is the 50th show. Do we want to close it out?
0: Just like we do at Business as Usual. Business. Hey, we have a website. <laughs> you can check it out, iccpodcast.com. There's all sorts of stuff there. You can check out our 50 episodes. And the one you just listened to is Dan Butler's favorite. So check that one out again. Maybe share it with a friend. I don't know. Do what you want with it. You can follow us, follow us on Twitter, ICC underscore podcast, Facebook at Instructional Coaching Corner, and as always, feel free to reach out. You can use our listener mail tab on the website. You can tweet at us. You can Facebook us. How do you? Can you Facebook someone? Yes. You'd send them like a message?
1: Yep. Okay. We've done we, that a couple times. We have, so
0: yeah. do that. And Jenny will be at Greg. Did you respond to that person yet? <laughs> um... <laughs> As we leave, ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? Then wake up and do it, because greatness isn't achieved by by one event, but instead, a series of small, intentional steps. It'll be awesome.